You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, in case you are listening to this on the day it airs and you have not got any presents done for Ooh. Christmas, you got like ah. a day and a half. But, <laughs> but what's so funny is I've got a brother-in-law that he was renowned for this that he wouldn't shop until like Christmas Eve. And he always had the coolest gifts and he would find them like at Walgreens or something. It was like, he just had an eye. he did have cool gifts? He did. All of them were like, like he showed up one year because at at my wife's Christmas, we don't do, um, she's got too big of a family to just everybody get, you know, you draw names or something. So we do a big exchange where everybody brings one gift and we steal. You know, right. It's like, so it's uh, it's so much fun because there's a whole lot of people, and so sometimes you get the really odd, Ooh, really oval basket. That's what you brought, and then sometimes <laughs> you get a cool gift. Like one time he, the day before he bought it, and it was a gumball machine, and it was like, okay, that's what? actually a really cool gift because people like having that in their house. Who would think to buy one? So it's just like, dude, and that thing was stolen so many times, and it was just, <laughs> you know. So it's just, well, I mean, like, well done. I mean, that's that's pretty cool, but. Yeah, but people who can get away with it, who who know what's cool and how to find it at the last minute, more power to you. Yeah. But not everybody is very good at no, that. It's, Greg it's, is probably bracing himself right now as he is listening for the curling iron cover story. Uh, our, uh-oh. <laughs> our first year together, um, our first year as a married couple, he comes home on Christmas Eve. He waited until Christmas Eve to shop. Okay. And got hung up at work for whatever reason and was a little late getting home. The only place that was open on his way home was Hallmark. Yep. And so I got a greeting card box that where you like organize your greeting cards. Very important. And a quilted <laughs> curling iron cover okay. for when you travel and you need to get, get your, you know, your curling iron uh, insulated uh, so you don't burn anything. You know. And we Greg, still joke about that to this day. Greg, we actually okay. put it on top of my dresser the other day. Oh, that's uh, good. But do you? I, I want next time you pull that thing out to use it, Greg. If you're listening, this is what comes to my mind. <laughs> I should have told him that it's a penis cover because it's going to be awfully cold for him for a while. Because <laughs> it's kind of that shape. <laughs> anyway, this is yeah. Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for joining us. Um, and for, you know, almost wrapping up your year with us. I mean, 2015 is about to come to a close. Can you believe how fast it's, it's it has by? flown by? It's been a fantastic year. And a lot of that is due to our listeners who are the sexiest listeners on the planet. Yeah. And they help and, and, us spread the word. And that's what we love. And it seems like just yesterday that we were doing the recap of the 2014 shows. Right. Which that reminds me, our recap show of 2015 is going to be coming up here in you know, next week. Time. Yeah. Is it, yeah, it's next it week. It would be next week. We, we would love to hear from the listeners what stands out the most to you about yes. this past year of Sexy Marriage Radio. Or for some people, it's the past month because they've been binge listening. Yes. I actually, it was so cool. Um, I have a, a client who sent me a text message with a screenshot of his phone saying, I thought you might be interested in seeing how many episodes I have remaining of Sexy Marriage Radio. Now, I had only told him about Sexy Marriage Radio like two weeks prior to okay. this. He had 69 episodes left. 
And so in other words, he had listened to (laughs) 140 something episodes within a two week span of time. I thought, man, are you even, are you even reporting for work? Are you getting getting any work done? But um, yeah, I would love to know what shows stand out the most to our listeners. Yes. And there's one thing to what stands out the most to me and you, but and let us let us know by sending us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. That's that's how you can get back with us. That's what we love hearing from our listeners because we get questions, comments, thoughts, ideas. And that helps us set the stage for whatever we're going to be doing in 2016, which there's some cool things coming. Namely, we got a getaway coming up in June of 2016, the 23rd through the 26th, if I'm remembering off the top of my head. I here, just wrote that down on my pad here right in the here. D, here in the DFW area. And they could, we, give, they could give each other the gift. There you go. The getaway. And so uh, let's do a show on on how do you ha- how do you navigate the holidays, okay, for your sex life and for your marriage. On just what are some tips? What are some help? You know, for ways to spend the break because sometimes the break can be daunting because it's the whole now I got to, I got to deal with kids because school gives me a nice buffer. It gives me time to do right. things I want to do. And I'm right there with you because during the break, I'll be home. I'll have clients here and there, but my wife and I just do a big handoff here and there. But largely it's, it's, I'm dad duty the, mm-hmm. you know, for two and a half weeks. And so that means some of the things I want to do get on hold, even though mine are older now and I can send them off down the street to friends and such, but mm-hmm. it's still, those are all hurdles that can make us have a sense of dread for the holidays. And then you also have, sometimes you, you have a sense of dread because you're going to go see family and I don't really get along with this side of my family or I don't really like that. Or then you have the flip side of that where you can't wait to see mom and dad and you can't wait to see sister and brother and you know, mm-hmm. all that. So there's, it can really wreak some havoc. Yeah. I definitely want to chime in on the family thing, but another thing is that the holidays have a tendency to be very triggering time for people. And so paying attention to your own triggers, yes, being sensitive to your spouse's triggers, even kind of cutting those off at the pass and offering words of comfort and affirmation, things like, you know, like I have a friend whose father, he actually died on Christmas Eve. And she told me that her husband uh, always sends her flowers the day before saying, I know that, that tomorrow is going to be hard for you. Right. You know, it's just that little yeah. acknowledgement of this is a hard time and, and I I honor your pain and yeah. I'm here for you. It is such a lovely expression for people to recognize that there's something about this season that's just a challenge. Absolutely. It can be. And mm-hmm. because, I mean, on, on a personal note, this is this is an interesting thing that we, we went home to see family at Thanksgiving and we'll see them again at, at Christmas, but... This was one of those times where we were driving home from Kansas and I, and I was talking to Pam and I said, you know, this was the first trip that we, that I have felt like we were visitors here, not coming home. Hmm. Aliens. Yeah. Largely just because it's transitioned to where with parents that are older and aunts and uncles that are older. And so the conversation revolved around who's in the hospital and who's having what surgery and, and things that while I, I'm, I don't want to be insensitive to that stuff. It doesn't necessarily apply to me because they're talking about their peer group that I don't know anymore, right. don't keep up with anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the dilemma I get in of whenever you're dealing with family is we have separate lives, but we're tied together by family. 
And mm -hmm. so I want to be invested in care, but not about some of the minutia. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> Too much. <laughs> yeah. So it's just this whole, okay, that kind of took me off guard at, at Thanksgiving. And so I need to be prepared for, for Christmas this yeah. time. And so it's yeah. just, it's just, I, I think there's probably people, I mean, there might be people that are traveling, listening to this right now. Maybe you listen to this in your car on your drive. And so you're listening to this show on, all right, I'm, I'm heading to see family tomorrow or they're coming to my house tomorrow. Uh -huh, and so uh -huh. I'm thinking we need to come up, what would be some helpful hints or tips or things that would really help make sure the marriage stays a priority, use each other as allies, not combatants. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the most effective strategies for dealing with the holidays and um, having fun with your family is just recognizing that different people have different attachment styles and those really manifest themselves in a family setting. Uh, people who are avoiders have a tendency to want to be standoffish. It does, you can't take that personally. You just have to know that this is just their typical modus operandi. People who are, pe who are people pleasers, they are bending over backwards to make sure that you're taken care of and that you have the, your drink refilled and it just, they're, practically smothering you. The vacillators, they're the ones looking through their lens of rejection of who isn't talking to me. And, and, you know, and, and you have to kind of be very intentional about making sure that they feel included. The controllers are the ones who want to run the show. Okay. This is what we're going to do now. Let's gather around for the white elephant exchange. No, you can only exchange once. You know, it's like they have to be. In right. control. And then of course there's the victims that feel like, why did I have to come in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> but just paying attention to those dynamics, giving avoiders the space they need, giving the people pleasers the affirmation they need, uh, giving the vacillators the connection that they need, giving the controllers the control that they need. Uh, I'm not sure what victims need. They probably just need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> they need a swift kick in that. Never mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's that's the whole thing that's kind of funny to me. And it, I don't know if you have the same experience, but whenever you know, you, you leave home at whatever age, when you get married, when you get out of college, whatever it is that you leave home and you kind of start your own life. And then you, you start to realize, you know, I'm living life more on my terms and I kind of like it. And I'm, you know, the master of my own fate. And, and I feel like I'm so much more grown up and evolved. And then I go home and visit and I realize maybe I'm not, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's some parts of me that I still have the family disease. There's, there's something about walking back into your own yep. home of origin, especially if they, if your parents still live in the same house that you grew up in, yep. it is, it makes you feel very small. Yep. And so it's just that whole dynamic of how do you navigate honoring them and you, how do you navigate honoring your spouse all along the way and your family? Because it could be seen as, well, I don't want to do it that way. And you know, well, Okay. So it's just, how do you see the greater good? How do you see the bigger picture going on? And I don't know, the one that immediately comes to my mind, and I've shared this on air before, and it's, it's the whole idea that um, my family is crazy. I'll just say it straight out. They just are. I, I mean, the way they do life and, the, and, and some of that kind of stuff is just, I'm, I'm raised by a psychology professor, <laughs> and I have a social worker sister. And I have a mom who's off her rocker, you know, so that's a joke. <laughs> well, hey, mom, I love you. Um, <laughs> but, but I didn't it, realize that your dad is in the same field. Yes, he's, he does sociology and psychology. 
is interesting is, his, is the field he's been in and been teaching at the same college for you know since 1980 so 35 apples don't fall too far no from they the don't tree. and i knew i was going in this field early on i mean just largely because of that and i still have there's some great things that come from that i mean i still remember this is a sideline real quick that my sister had an issue with my dad when she was like six uh-huh. something had happened he was she was mad at him about uh-huh. it and she waited at the door watching for him to come home from work and I remember watching her watch him, watch for him. And then I still vividly remember he got out of the car. He's walking towards the house. She comes out because she wants to share a piece of her mind with him. He sits down on his briefcase and lets her have all the room she wants. Just lets wow. her just start talking. But he got eye to eye with her. I mean, there's some of those things that are just modeled that are like, that's fantastic, Dad. Well done. And I have no idea what they said. I have no idea to this day what she was mad about. She probably doesn't even remember. But... It's just one of those. So I saw a good model from that, but there's still components of the way Pam and I live life is so different than the way my parents do now mm-hmm. that they can really start to drive me crazy while I'm there. And I get infected faster than she will. And so we have created code words to help each other. And mm-hmm. I, use, I use it when she's with her family. <laughs> she uses it when I'm with my family. And uh-huh. it's a way to help us kind of pull out of, okay, I don't need to catch the family disease here. I don't need to oh. lose it. I can be cool. I can still stay connected. I can, you know, I can be present. And so it's, and it's just the simple, Hey babe, do you need a glass of water? That's all it is. Because if I'm feel like I'm getting too riled up and anxious about something, I'm like, yes, I do. And I'll get up and we'll go get a glass of water together. And it gives us a chance to kind of laugh and connect again. And okay, let's go back into the fray. And you know, then we right. go back to in st- to sit back and see the bigger yeah. picture here and yeah. not get sucked into the vortex of yeah. the family. Yeah dynamics. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that it's a good idea to avoid certain, avoid bringing up or even responding to certain topics as other people bring them up? Like the two things that I have noticed that Greg's family avoids like the plague is politics and religion. Okay. Those are just, which is very common in a lot of families. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Too uh, emotionally charged. Uh, His dad is a diehard Republican. His mom is a diehard Democrat. And so as soon as politics gets brought up by anybody, everyone squeezes their butt cheeks really tight and all the air gets sucked out of the room as people go. (gasps) But somebody changes the subject really fast. (laughs) Do you think that's smart or do you think that that's well, some of that's going to be context and some of it's also going to come down to the type of people that they that you are. I mean, because. I don't know. I hear that and I would be bringing it up just for the fun of it. You know, just for just, <laughs> just for throwing <laughs> throwing wrenches into things. I can see you doing just, that. I mean, I still had a I had a uh, part of my doc program, we had to do these diversity activities. Or and which was really now they're called process papers or something. It's really just you need to do things that stretch your boundaries, that make you uncomfortable so that way you can process it and figure out why am I uncomfortable about this? And so, you know, I had to do several of these and one of them, I didn't end up doing it. And this is largely for my mom's benefit, but this, this happened to come up when we were going to be going to a, a family meeting in Tyler. Everybody was going to be there, but my grandparents were still alive. And my grandma and grandpa were matriarch and patriarch of the family. I mean, huge, pillars of Christian, you know, stuff and, uh-huh. and great, great salty people. But I was going to bring up at the Thanksgiving table with, there would have been 30 family members present. And it was mother and granny was my grandparents names, what we called them. I was going to bring it up. Hey, mother and granny, how did you guys learn about sex? 
<laughs> and my mom would have flipped out because it's like you can't talk about that with them you know and i'm like you know they had it you you're here you know and but it's just and that you've learned about it somewhere right and so i was so close but I, i'm still to this day kind of disappointed in myself for not bringing Wait, it up maybe maybe that's your challenge for this year you know, bring up the topic of sex with someone least likely to be comfortable with that topic. Okay. Just, just to watch people squirm. Somebody on the street that I walk past. Is that what you're talking about? Or <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, I think another good strategy is to lower your expectations. I think a lot of us begin the holidays with yes. Norman Norman Rockwell expectations of this is going to be the best Christmas ever. And it, we're just going to make each other feel so loved and special. And it's going to be all about Jesus and the food is all going to be great. And I'm not going to gain any weight. It's like, <laughs> okay. The reality is it will probably not go anything like that. Yeah. It may more, it, it may look more like a Picasso painting than a, Ro a Norman Rockwell <laughs> painting. Right. Um, so maybe just lower your expectations that my goal is to um, make sure that everybody leaves my house well fed and that I hug at least or I give at least one hug to each person that took out the time to come to my house or that took out the time to come to wherever, house, right. or whatever house you're meeting in. Right. And that just if you can just cross those two things off your list, if I hugged every person's neck in my family and I I didn't leave with my feelings on my sleeve being hurt or wounded that somebody didn't do something for me or said the wrong thing. Maybe just adopt a mantra of I'm just not going to be offended this Christmas holiday. And that's my gift to my family is I'm not going to take anything so personally that I let it get my nose bent out of shape. Yeah. I distinctly remember one of those painful uh, Christmas seasons for us. Uh, it's hard to talk about because it was only two years ago. But on our way home from a family gathering at my brother's house, I asked my husband, um, you know, how are we doing? You know, is there anything that you're needing in our relationship right now? Because we didn't have kids in the car. And so it was just kind of our chance to talk. And he said, no, I'm, I'm feeling really good right now. Everything's great. And so then I asked, you know, I was waiting for him to reciprocate with the same question, but he didn't. And so I said, well, are you wondering how I'm feeling? And he said, well, if you want to tell me, sure. And so I forgot what I even said, but I said something to the effect of, I want to see us be more intentional about carving out a regular date night because I'm starting to feel, you know, we're too busy. We're drifting. We're disconnecting. I want to reconnect. And he didn't say anything for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I, I just remember the whole 45 minute ride. I was just on the verge of tears. And by the time we got home, it was time to put all the Santa gifts out. This was Christmas Eve. And I just had to stop the whole process. And, you know, I just had to sit Greg down and say, it's really hard to play Mr. and Mrs. Claus right now with you when this is, this is just really, really fresh and really, really raw for me. Why were you just sitting there silent? He said, I was just afraid of saying the wrong thing. So I chose to say nothing. And it was like, you know what? Choosing to say nothing was the most wrong thing that you could do. That if you could have just put your hand on my hand and said, I hear you. We'll certainly work on that or we'll talk about that later or, you know, just any acknowledgement. But then I have to remember Greg is an avoider. And when he feels as if something is being expected of him that he doesn't know quite how to fix, quite how to give, he has a ten tendency to shut down and get in his cave. Mm -hmm. And so this year I'm not going to have a, my goal is to try not to have any serious relationship conversations with him during this holiday period. 
of just it, it's so, all, it's overwhelming enough as it is. So, so do the holidays exacerbate your vacillation too? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think. Yeah, that is certainly a correct diagnosis. It was one of my finest vacillator moments for me to have to stop putting gifts under the tree and sit down and talk about how I was feeling in that moment. Um, but yeah. It, you're, notice your own triggers. Notice your own attachment style. Right. Are you the avoider that just feels the need to duck and run and get away from all of the holiday hubbub? If so, figure out a time that you can get away, get get isolated, get alone, and and take the breath that you need in order to be able to re-engage wholeheartedly. Don't suffocate under the weight of expectations. Yeah. Um, and if you are a vacillator, learn to ask for what you need. Right. You know. Uh, well, I, th I think yeah, it's just, it's, it's be intentional, like you're talking about. I'll just be intentional to, to know that how present am I in what's going on? How engaged am I in what's going on? And if I need a break, I don't need to cause a scene to take yes. a break. That's yes. one of the things I love. This came out at Thanksgiving um, because we all had uh, at, my, at Pam's house, her, her father's past has been for seven years now. And we were we were kind of laughing because he was always the kind whenever there was lots of people at the house even before dinner was over he would be in the kitchen starting to wash dishes and it was just really Task oriented right well, and it, but it was also just one of those it's a way for me to kind of disconnect and kind of have my own space right and so i found I there's did, only so much room right, at the sink i i did that this year it was kind of it, right when it was all over i had already made in my mind because i was sitting out there while thanksgiving is being prepared i'm sitting on the couch doing nothing and starting to feel kind of I'm not doing anything to help out. I don't like this. You know, it's kind of against. So I, I, so I just kind of make, all right, I will wash every dish. That's it. I, I didn't say anything. I just, to me, I was just, I'm going to do it. And so as soon as everybody started getting up from the table, I went straight to the sink and started filling it up and starting to wash dishes. And my mother-in-law was making a comment of, you reminded me of Dennis right now. That's kind of funny. And, you know, and I'm Aww. like, well, thank you. That's a great compliment actually, because he's cool. a great man. But it was just that whole, and it was also, I wanted a little break. Because I knew Pam would come in and she would help because she's the baby of the family. She wants to care for mom. And so yep. she does those kinds of things. So I knew that's a chance I could, as actually kind of manipulative on my part, I could get my wife in there. She would come in with me. We could do this together. And it kind of became our little thing while everybody else is in the rest Smart. of the house. And, Smart. Right. Very, very strategic. And so it's just very use those kinds of things with family because you know the system right going you, in you pretty much can pinpoint who needs what on right. you know at a family gathering like this i also have been um very intentional about choosing the other vacillators in the room because i i know exactly which of my nieces which of you know it's mostly my nieces i can't really say that it's my nephews but you know i know which one of my nieces are hypersensitive to feeling isolated or on the outside looking in feeling rejected or neglected so being very intentional about meeting their need for closeness and connection okay. also helps me meet my need for closeness and connection Perfect. and respecting the fact that the avoiders in the family, Greg, my brother, uh, my dad to some extent, but not as much anymore, they, they just need their space. Don't ask them on that particular day, hey, do you want to take a walk with me type of a thing? It's just, it's probably not high on their priority right. list. So just knowing how people are wired and understanding yeah. What what kind of expectations am I allowed to have, and what kind of expectations am I only building myself up for disappointment? Right. What is it that you say that expectations are planned planned disappointments? disappointments? Yeah. And I I yeah. just love the whole concept, and I keep this phrase in mind as you're going through the holiday season is just be mindful of when you catch the family disease, because mm. we all have it. You know, we all have systems and patterns of things we follow, 
And when I am unconscious and following that, that's when I start to get irritable, anxious, frustrated, disappointed, hurt, whatever, because I'm not intentional about my life. I'm not mm. engaged in my life. And so there's a huge difference between me going into my family of origin and being intentional and staying engaged, even when they're doing whatever it is they do versus me being there and being upset and frustrated because they're doing whatever it is they do. <laughs> you know, mm, there's, yeah. there's a huge difference between that. Yeah. And let's, let's apply this to marriage too. Um, I think that definitely trips home from holiday gatherings, just be sensitive to your spouse, just check in and say, how did that go for you? Yeah. Did, did you have a good time? Who did you connect with? Who yeah. did you feel distance from? You know, is everything okay? That I think that that does go a long way in yeah. acknowledging that family is messy. Yep. Family's messy and holidays are messy and relational dynamics have a tendency to really cloud that Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> <laughs> I still would love to see a Norman Rockwell paint, painting that was an actual depiction of what Christmas was like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that they exist. Maybe that's something you can Google on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea though, Corey, of giving each other the gift of intentionality, of of uh, focusing on your sex life, and that idea of giving each other a getaway, uh, a sexy marriage radio getaway. Hey. Why don't we go ahead and create a gift certificate and put it online today? As people are listening, it's already online. Uh, go to Sexy Marriage Radio, and there'll be a place where you can download a printable certificate that you can stuff in the stocking of your spouse to okay. say, I want to do this with you. My gift to you is that 2016 is the year that we really focus on heating things up in our marriage bed, and we're going to bring it to a crescendo in the middle of the year in June, June 23rd through the 26th, by heading to Dallas, Fort Worth to spend three days with Corey and Shannon and just completely opening ourselves to each other physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Right. That I like it. All right. I like it because that's just our Christmas gift to you, a downloadable certificate <laughs> to stuff into the stocking. That we spare no expense here at Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Hey, the best gifts are homemade gifts. There you go. It's be homemade. There you go. Yeah, because it's not just my home, not your home, our graphic designer's home. <laughs> right. Well, because it's it's the whole idea that family and just life in general can be disruptions to marriage. Yes. Or they can be enhancers to marriage. It's it's how you approach it. It's how you view it. Because how you view changes what you do. Every time. Yeah. The lens that you look through. Yep. If you look through rosy lens, if you look through a rejection lens, it, there's always a lens that you're looking like, through to taint. Right. That's like the whole idea. Here's a, here's a little experiment that you can try. I do this a lot. And this works with the holiday season. It might, have, it might not necessarily apply because maybe you're... Christmas parties and some of those things for your work are already passed, but you might have New Year's parties you're going to be going to or some different mm -hmm. things. Next time you go to a party, this is what I will do at times when I know there's going to be a big gathering mm -hmm. is I will go in and intentionally try to see if I can make the entire evening be about whoever it is I'm talking to, not about me. Ooh. That I won't say anything about me. I will just ask questions about the person I'm talking to because people like to talk about themselves. And so it's yeah. kind of fun. I do it as an example or an experiment to see, can I go the whole evening <laughs> without saying a thing about me? Interesting. And well, it's and actually fairly real. easy. With the line of work that we're in, people are afraid of what questions 
to yeah, there is a tabooness <laughs> of it might come around to sex. You know? Yeah, but there is a tabooness because it's like I don't want to bring up anything with a therapist or stop right. analyzing me or which is probably how they interpret all my questions, you know. But it's still one of those. It it's just you can have some fun with this of how could you and the other thing you could do is let's say you're going with to a party with your spouse or you're going to be with family at, with your spouse. How could you? tease and pursue each other without anybody knowing you're teasing and pursuing each other make it a game yeah how yeah, could you i mean this is one of the things pam and i have done um at, at a couple of christmas parties in the past is we have the deck of cards that we talked about it's called a private affair and it's questions that are just things you're not normally going to be talking about and i would pick out three or four and then throughout the party i would just pass by her and hand her one and just had like your answer you know in the next 10 minutes and then I move on and talk to other people. And so she's got to now figure out how do I answer that to, to me without other people knowing, you know, and right. And it's just, that's fun. yeah, it's just, it's, it, that's a thing that bonds the relationship mm-hmm. throughout the whole concept of everything else going on. Yeah. That certainly adds to the titillation factor. Yes. It, yeah. You started romancing her before y'all ever even left the party. Absolutely. And I, well, yeah. I think that should be, I mean, if nothing else, fellas, my goal for 2016 for you is put romance on the list of one of the things that you want to be intentional about. Hallelujah. Is, is pers- is pursue your wife as if she was a woman, you know, because yeah. she is. Yeah. And I'll give the same challenge to ladies. Look for ways that you can just blow his socks off with a visual peak of something or other, you know, uh, it, yeah. it, it may be cool to wear the fuzzy pajamas Christmas morning because all the pictures are being taken, but what are you going to wear the night before? I thought you were going to stop with look for ways you can blow. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> well, we could have just put the period there. <laughs> exactly. My sentiment. Exactly. <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, happy holidays to yeah. you. And to our listeners, um, I hope that it's a fantastic time for you and your family to take a break, to unwind, to disconnect from the regular hecticness of life and share it with your with the one you love. And hopefully that's Absolutely. something that, that heats things up in the bedroom and you can have some great Christmas giving. <laughs> yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, because Christmas doesn't have to be just about kids. It's not just about family and friends. It's about marriage, too. Yes, it is. And so yeah. that can, what a great gift is to give your partner you. Woohoo! And and have some fun and see where that leads. So, we want to hear from you. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. What's a good gift that you got this year? We'd love to know. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it leads to some fantastic times. We love you for listening. Bye bye.